Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. We made it. Woohoo! We did it. Friday the 13th, though. Ooh. January 13th, 2023. The first Friday the 13th of 2023. Who knows how many there are this year, if there's any more. I don't really know how that stuff works. But um, calendars. Yeah, tough. Welcome in. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Hope everybody's having a great start to their chilly Ooh, morning. October 13th. Whoa. So that a, might be a, a spooky season, Friday the 13th. I think that'll... Actually, Hold on to your butts, folks. Yeah. Um, and UK, I know they're playing Mississippi State the next weekend, but I don't think that... It might be a bye week. The 14th. Oh, Friday the 13th, Big Blue Madness with DJ Wagner and John Calipari. Right? Is that where we're going to... Who knows? I think we're talking about some of that today. Kentucky hosts Missouri uh, that that 14th. Missouri, a team everybody loves to loves to get up for. Not no, really. not not really. Not really. No, 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 not not, no, not really. T.J. Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, Scooter. How are you? I'm good. I, it's Friday, as you mentioned. We made it. It's the weekend. Well, today's your oh. Saturday, though, right? Um, no. yesterday was your Friday. Well, yeah, but I get three days off, so it's a little awkward. Ooh. So I would consider today my Friday, tomorrow my actual Saturday. Friday and Saturday, I feel like, are actual Friday and Saturday. So you only work four days a week? At the hotel, yeah. Oh, my heavens. Wow. And you have any time for no, anything? I don't have time. Scoots and I hit the old Top Golf yesterday. Man, that was fun. I was Smacking uh, around? Did you, you soared over the net? No, no. And he soared it everywhere else, though. Holy smokes. <laughs> Freaking Tiger Woods at Top Golf yesterday. No, it's not true. Uh, the net, the net conversation. First and foremost, I could potentially have been wrong or misinformed. <laughs> However, I'm not. The ones at Louisville in Louisville are significantly higher than I remember them being at other parts. And secondly, 
Scoots, I thought he had some pull at Top Golf. He doesn't. We were on the first floor. First floor, it is. I mean, it is like one hundred thousand percent impossible. And even from the third floor, it would take like a special golfer that could totally knock the snot out of the ball. But I swear, whether it was the one in Columbus, whether it was the one in Indy, whether it was one in Austin, whether it was the one in Vegas, those are the other ones I've been to. Whatever one it was, I. I, I did it once place, all right? The net wasn't too high there. The one in Louisville, it is comically high, and the texture that was like, there's no chance you did it. If you were basing it off the Louisville nets, you would be correct. However, I did. I was able to hit it to the nets. Uh, Scoots really wanted to play a game where it was just like, hit it as far as you could. Bad idea. It was like the back target. If you got it in that, you got some points, or if you got it to the back net. There's a little like gathering area back there where I think it automatically processes the balls. Mm-hmm. And that was just the game. You either had to hit it in one of those two spots, to the back net or to the big, furthest white target. Which I Scoots couldn't think... really get it to either one. I don't know what? why I picked that game. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty embarrassing. You know what happened? I was thinking about it last night, TJ. I was actually pretty upset with myself because I did not pull out my five iron yesterday. And that would have been perfect for that white target. I would have been nailing that time your, and time You couldn't again. get your driver there. Yeah, but you can get your five iron there. Yeah, my five. That, yeah. No, my five iron goes high. My driver wasn't getting there because I hit it so dang low, and it would land in a target before there. That's but not, if it had a clear lane, it would have bounced right in you there. Revisionist history. You not remember Scoots Alley? Scoots Alley, yeah, right towards the white. There are like three targets that are all right next to each other, and it's harder to miss those three targets than it is to make it in one of them. And Scoots just found a way to land it like in the grassy spots in between all three of them. So we started calling it Scoots Alley. Uh, he, 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 you got, you got your tail handed to you a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But we had some good competitive games. It was, it was close. We did. Uh, it, it was a good time. Top golf's a lot of fun. He did bring his own clubs. See, that's what I wondered, too. Is it uh, typically a bring-your-own-clubs kind of place? I do notice more and more people each time I go seemingly bring their own clubs. And Scoots and I were talking on our way out about how, like, it'd be really cool if you could have, like, a Topgolf in your own backyard or if Topgolf just wasn't kind of pricey. Because you can actually become a better golfer playing top golf. Like, it really helps on precision right. and accuracy and stuff like that. So my thought process was it probably is better to like use your own clubs because those are going to be the clubs you're using when you're actually playing games. But we did two hours of gameplay, and that was the first time I think I've ever just done it with one other person. And like we played a lot of golf, we like did. we hit a lot of golf shots. I, I would bet we hit more. We swung the club more than if we would have played eighteen holes. Oh, for sure, yeah. But I do think it's probably better practice to be able to be like, all right, I need to hit it in this target. We played a game where each, like, you know, the little light-up stuff, so the top golf, you'd, like, get it in each specific area of the thing. And it was like, this is really good practice. Mm-hmm. Like, you're having to be really precise on it. Uh, it took me, what, 24 balls 24, to finish it? Yeah. Nine targets within the thing. Uh, scoots, D, D, and F. No, I, didn't I get no. it on, like, 25 or 26? I don't think so. I thought I nailed it, and then we just call it quits I thought you just quit. Maybe we did. I thought you took, like, three more, and then you got over 20. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't care. Regardless, (laughs) we had a great time, and people next to us were, like, shooting uh, something. They must have been getting married or something. That's all I could think of. I thought either they could potentially be engagement photos, but the girl wasn't a golfer. No, but she did have a fat ring on her finger, and he did not have a ring. I thought you were going to say something else. (laughs) No, nothing about her was fat. Okay. Uh, but they were, like, taking a lot of pictures, and they were like, all right, now do now take your beers and, and like, act like you're cheersing. 
I think they were doing like Top Golf promotional stuff. Oh. No shot. Do you think? Yeah, because they were like, all right, now like hold the clubs up together and be laughing. Why would they not have just came over to our bay? Then? That's what I was wondering too. I was like, <laughs> well, you know, why not like throw us in and make it look like it's like a big old time? But maybe we'll be in the background on some of the pictures. <laughs> Just following through. Definitely. And also my first time at Top Golf, not drinking. Top Golf, fun place to have a beer. That would probably be my only regret. Not, well, you know, it's it But w- it's all right. It was a Thursday. But I didn't drink yeah. and my bill was still just like ridiculous. We did I did eat and got an got an appetizer for scoots, but uh just a just a pricey place. I wish it was a little bit cheaper. But good time hanging out with we'll the Make sure Scooter I bring Dingus. my own booze whenever I go. Yeah, exactly. Stuff, <laughs> stuff, stuff those pockets. Did you have a nice Thursday, Roush? Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably a busy day for you. Yeah, it was uh, a little bit busier than normal, um, but uh, fun though. I had, I had an enjoyable Thursday. Yeah, it was it was fine. I'm just, this week, it, so I don't really mind because it's January and what else am I going to do, but just a lot of going to sleep and putting the kids down. Uh, like you put them down and then daddy goes down. Or like it's simultaneously. Like even last night because I needed to do some stuff afterwards. Um, I was, I was really just like, fall asleep, fall asleep. I need, and then eventually I just, I lost the willpower to stay awake. So mm-hmm. that turned into 30 minute nap and then I wake up and then I realize like, I might as well just go to sleep. And so, Hey, I'm well rested though. So we're ready to rock, ready to roll. we got a big Friday. Uh, in-laws are coming in town. It's my mother-in-law's uh, birthday. So, uh, what are y'all doing? Going out to fancy dinner? Uh, that usually means going out to the, uh, the Mexican restaurant and, uh, Getting some some drinks and some chips and salsa. Ooh. So, yeah. That should be fun. Must be something about this time of the year, Roush, because I've been in bed by 9 o'clock, I think, three nights this week. Yeah, and, and there's also, it's like, I, I feel like I'm my body is playing catch-up from the month of December. So, like, I'm, I've been trying to, this is my healthy week of eating and trying to, so, you know, we're just, we're just uh, trying to get a little self-care, which means just doing less. Um. But still had plenty going on because uh, we had our Liam Cohen introductory press conference uh, yesterday, which uh, I, I think most fans of Kentucky football uh, will enjoy sitting down for 30 minutes and just uh, hearing what the new the new old offensive coordinator has to say. Uh, we can touch on some of that stuff. But then there was also more drama around the Big Blue Nation. Do-do-do-do. Yes, there was. Kyle Tucker released a mailbag that set the internet on fire. Some of it not breaking news, but some of it was, I think, news to some folks. And even some of the stuff that he kind of reiterated that may have been a little bit older, you put it all together, and people were not happy, myself included. Talked about the strain relationship between John Calipari and Mitch Barnhart that really shouldn't come as a major surprise for folks, but just an update that they still aren't talking. Uh, we knew that that probably wasn't the best relationship back in August, but uh, it's it's not it's not good. So Kyle Tucker, the Twitterless Kyle Tucker, is going to join us in the second hour today to talk about that relationship between John Calipari, to talk about that relationship with Mitch Barnhart, where things stand within a tumultuous athletic program. It's kind of surreal, Roush. Like, these are grown adults that are all getting paid enough money that tomorrow could come, they could decide they don't ever want to work again, and they'd all be fine. And egos seem to be getting in the way. Kind of weird how that works. Kind of weird how that works. Um, 
the thing, uh, so first and foremost, I was mostly, uh, I had a, I don't want to say a panic attack, but I felt like I was in um, the twilight zone somewhat because I was like, wait, people were getting very upset over the facility stuff. Um, John Calipari privately raising X amount of dollars. Thirty million says Cal Tucker. Yeah, uh, twenty five was the one I previously got, but I was pe- people were freaking out over the ones over all that stuff, and I was like, "Did we do this in August?" Yeah, but I, I no, I, I don't. I think some of it still is relatively new because I, I, I don't think we got the. I think Cal back in the August conversation, and you said that you found an article where it said twenty five million. Oh no, that was just I. My that scoop. That's what you yeah. heard. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we knew that Cal had definitively secured funds, had promises made from what Kyle Tucker says, majority former NBA players, and Barnhart just flat out came out and was like, well, no, it's not happening. Don't I don't care if you have the funds, you don't have the funds, it's not happening. I think that was news. See, and, and for me, I, I talk on here, I do a bunch of podcasts with KSR, I talk to my wife, I talk to my KSR, like I... So, all the time it happens where it's like, did I say this here? Did we talk about this here? And during that football, basketball, school stuff, there was a lot of stuff happening. And I could very well easily see this like being in that part of the conversation, but also becoming like afterthoughts uh, when you've got like Mitch like telling Cal to shut the hell up, basically, in a press conference. And that was another part of Kyle Tucker's mailbag was when the football, basketball argument happened and I think we had her bits and pieces of this Cal wanted according to Kyle Tucker immediately come out and apologize hey I stepped in it said the wrong wording phrasing but Barnhart put the clamps down and that was confirmed by Matt Jones as well I can confirm that too that yeah. that that Mitch said no 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 we're just going to need to let this kind of blow over don't say anything it could only make it worse and the next thing it was two days later they did a press conference uh, just like kind of yelling at Cal yeah, him and Stoops. Yeah, uh, kind of in some in some phrases, passively aggressively taking shots at Cal, and then flat out just taking some shots at him in some other regards. I can understand why that would 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 tick Cal off. So we're gonna break down the mailbag that was more of an information piece from Kyle Tucker on the Athletic. It was a free story. I'm pretty sure a lot of people were saying, "I'm not. I don't subscribe." Uh, you should. Uh, you know, it, Cal does some great work. If you're a UK basketball fan. But this one um, was free because I wasn't logged in and was able to read the whole thing from my phone. So I couldn't it, read it. Did you try? I tried. I, I did end up finding like bits and pieces on Twitter. Um, so I saw I get the gist of what what was said. The guys of it, yeah. Then why why would I be able to open it up not logged in? But I you don't know. couldn't open. It was it up. the Athletic for you. Oh no, I'm on the Atlantic. It's a different Crickets. website. It's just a different. It's a different website. Okay, I, Scoots didn't get the joke. No. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not up with the Joneses. No, he, he doesn't follow the the Atlantic. Um, <laughs> They're much. Well, you go are to they the Atla- much different? You go to the Atlantic.com. Gas stove debate. Um, my. Uh, but I think it's free. Maybe it's not. I think you should be able to go check it out. Either way, like, we. I, I don't think Kyle did this just to relitigate it. But I think the overall point was, hey, uh, Mitch Barnhart is somewhat at fault. Like he, He's at fault here, too, just as much as everybody else is. And it's not just because he gave Cal a lifetime contract. The 
the part that I hadn't heard and didn't know, and I'm and I don't understand. Like at least for the facilities thing, I can understand if he would be like, "Cal, we can do this, but I need to do all this other stuff first. If he was just like asking him to hold off, because that that's his reasoning. And, and when he and he was asked about it during that press conference, he was like. We've got to do this indoor football facility that we got approved in February, which, um, as Stoops would say, don't see any cranes yet. They still haven't started work on that. Uh, and then, that's ridiculous in its own right. Yeah, and and that's uh, Mitch fundraising. Like Mitch is not fundraising well right now. He's just not. Um, secondly, they're doing Memorial Coliseum the next athletic year. So this 2023-2024, they're kicking volleyball, gymnastics, and women's basketball out for a year to – Get out. Give it central air. Like, basically just, like, make this a modern, usable athletic facility. I mean, it doesn't have air conditioning, for crying out loud. That place is an oven when they have volleyball games there in the summer. So I mean, they've been able to survive for 40 years. Right, but, like, you, that's just stuff that you – it's like, all right, I got it. We got to get this taken care of. Really, much longer than that. No, I totally agree. They should They should. They should do that. I mean, it's just – they probably should have done it back when we were in college, to be honest with you. The, the part that somebody asked that I thought was a valid question is it's like – can you not do these at the same time? Like, no, there's, to there's say? only one construction crew in Lexington. That's what I mean. Like, there's only one, and they have to do one first, and then they'll go to the next one. No, I totally agree. What do you, what, yeah. what, if, if Cal has the money to at least renovate the Joe Craft Center or do some stuff, why would you poo-poo that? Why would you shoot that down? It makes you know, no sense to me. And I know that like somebody was like, well, they've got to approve capital projects through the state legislature. And it's like, you can do all of this, but you have to just – be able to work together with one another. And I think I think what happened is just, you know, it was the pissing contest we got into, right? Like Mitch was mad that Cal kept trying to do this, to work, use the media to make him, to allow him to build this facility. And Mitch was just put his foot down and was like, no, I'm not, we're not now, Cal. I'm not doing it. Um, no, definitely seem like sour grapes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't care if you've got the money or don't have the money. I've got to approve this stuff, and this is third on the list to get approved, so you wait in line, buckaroo. Which, Which is idiotic. It's, it's, There's not another word for it. It's, it's idiotic. dumb. It's silly. And at least, but, like, I can, like, okay, I understand the the logical steps here. Like, I, I get how we got here. The part I don't get is Cal asking for more support staff and stuff like that. Is it, if it's a money thing, well... Like, like, is Mitch just being like, I pay you $9 million a year, figure it out yourself? I, I don't under – that I don't understand. I figure if you're going to you're going to invest in your basketball coach with this much money and he just wants, like, a couple extra staffers, are you not – like, why why are you shooting that down? How much does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? That That one just completely doesn't make any sense to me. This is something that needs to be stated. It's a – it's – big-time straw man from some folks, nobody is saying UK's, the state of the program, is because lack of resources for Calipari at Kentucky. Not one person is saying that. Not one person is excusing this pitiful basketball season because Mitch Barnhart hasn't given John Calipari the necessary amenities to succeed. Nobody is saying that. And if they are... They're wrong, or they're just trying to rile folks up. Je- the 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 lack of success for this season and this stale three or four years that falls directly on Calipari. 
However, how and so that's that. Nobody's trying to spin this as, oh, that's why UK basketball has struggled lately. It's because they don't have the resources. They do, and they have more resources really than just about anywhere in in the country. Right. That being said, how embarrassing is it for an athletic director to say you have enough, you don't need any more, find a way to make it work? Doesn't an athletic director want all programs to be able to succeed to its maximum potential? And especially Kentucky basketball, which is the historically one of the greatest programs of all time, when people, nobody, nobody freak out, but when the average American thinks about the University of Kentucky, the basketball programs, usually the first thing that comes to mind. Wouldn't you want to make sure that that legacy is as healthy as possible? And I don't care if you feel like he has enough. If he wants more, why would you not? Why would you not give it to him? And especially with and and nobody's saying UK stinks because the Joe Craft Center has a leaky roof and stuff like that. But if somebody is raising their own money, if especially you'd you'd, you'd want to you'd say hey yeah, all right that sounds good I appreciate it, you doing that that's it, actually great you're doing my job for me exactly and, and, and even and it's not just the fact that he's raising this money like it's one thing if you've got if you're going to boosters but to go to your former basketball players like mm-hmm. that that is the. Right, allowing that, that, players to give back, which a lot of people, they don't care about the university. Oh, oh well, $30 million they I mean, do. And here's the other thing, and too. And you probably get more right. once you get the ball rolling, too. And people it became public, and more people would want to jump in and give money. And how are they going to be willing to do that if John Calperi isn't the coach? No. Exactly. Like, they're doing that because Cal is still there. So this is a grown man that is supposed to be the director of all athletic programs that is actively and deliberately hurting a program. No, for the millionth time, it's not the reason Kentucky is currently having its struggles. That falls on John Calipari. And Roush, it did kind of cross, like, I, I think I actually texted you this yesterday. Old Cal still got it with the media, one-two, right? <laughs> the media can take some punches at Cal, but he can still find a way to kind of work it the right way. I don't think it's coincidental that the article kind of came out when it did. And, folks, for the people that are really, really mad with the state of the basketball program and the people, yesterday was a win for Calipari, probably a much-needed win for him. For the calipari haters out there that want him gone, and I get it, there's a lot, and I think we said yesterday we're not really going to fight with you anymore, just wait till 2 o'clock tomorrow and the heat will be back on Calipari. Yeah, yeah, like, this is it, a brief, trust, yeah, yeah. The, the, like the people that are like, oh, he's just trying to deflect – uh, Cal still got it a little bit with the media because this definitely was eye-opening, jaw-dropping, whatever you want to say. It's a terrible look for Mitch Barnhart. And it's what did I say yesterday about he's not a leader? This is not the signs of a leader to deliberately not help an athletic program. I don't care if it would be the rifle team. What if the rifle coach like raised a lot of money and said, hey, I raised this money to get new equipment. We want some new guns. And he's like, Mitch no. Like, no, no, I'll approve that, buckaroo. Not happening. He would also say buckaroo, too. Oh, absolutely. But, like, (laughs) what was funny, too, TJ, is I had... I'm so sick of this guy. I actually got a lot of uh, heat on my Mitch Barnhart article the other day. Like, dude, we cannot have this guy hiring another coach. And I so I got a little bit of of flack from it. And then yesterday, people were like, damn, Roush. I I got a couple like, yeah, you were right, Roush. Like, we can't have this guy around anymore. And 
there's just the the other part of this too, like that I thought about yesterday because you know we we get all the in our conversations. There's names that come up. Like it could be this guy or it could be this guy. How much does it suck that you have quality candidates dis just disqualified from your job because they don't line up with the morals of your athletic director? Embarrassing. It, like 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 Bruce Pearl and Musselman and Sean Miller, like good like good coaches who could be great at Kentucky. I'm not saying I want to have them, but they are not even under consideration because of their just their morals. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, just because they don't line up with Mitch's. It's like how how can you be good at your job if you disqualify people based on non-basketball factors? Like you he tried to do and, 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 he did that with Cal the first time. That's why we didn't hire Cal in 07. We got Billy G. But Billy G's morals lined up with old Barnhart. I mean, like, it, it's just, it's, that, that's the part of it that, like, of all of the, the mess that Mitch. Now, he can't hire, he, he cannot hire, he can't hire anybody else. I don't even want him to hire the next baseball coach. And that's exactly why he's kept the current baseball coach around, who seems like a great guy. It's not personal, but I think a lot of people just want UK's baseball program not to suck eggs. And it's, that's a, you build this brand new stadium that is sitting virtually completely empty, and also in part because you will serve alcohol to the people in the suites of that baseball stadium, but not to the average fans. That's a whole different thing. I mean, that that really was, I think, like the the tip of the iceberg there. It was like, that's kind of weird. You, the SEC allows alcohol sales now. You can't hide behind conference policy anymore. And... You're not going to do it? Okay, let's hear him out. Let's hear his reasoning. Well, and then he just, like, like a cockroach trying to hide under, try to hide from the light. Uh, feel proximity. It's not It's not safe. Fan environment. And then eventually he just came around to, like, I don't like it. It's not yeah. going to happen. He's only willing to compromise his morals because he has to do it for his job to be successful. He cannot get boosters to donate money to the school if they're not allowed to drink alcohol. He had to make that compromise. Um but if he doesn't feel like he has to make that compromise, then he won't. And it's not even big compromises for some of this stuff. It's just, um, and, and, and and it, is, it is fun to make Mitch Barnhart the bad guy, though. I he, love, he I, is the bad guy. I, I, I he love it. Is, it. It's actually a, you, you, kind of uniting to some degree. I no. think yesterday was one of the best days for the UK fan base in terms of like, wait, there's not like a ton of... There's not a ton of arguments here. I think the only arguments I saw were people that were trying to deflect and be like, people trying to act like this is why basketball's bad. Nobody's trying to say that. This is all on Mitch. And I think 95, 90% of the UK fan base yesterday was like, holy smokes, this is bad. This is not a good look. And it's not a good look. Mitch Barnhart is not the leader that UK athletics need. He's not the uniter that UK athletics needs. He is responsible, I think, in a large part for the divide and the stupid football-basketball debate. Oh, yeah. He, he made that. He could have made worse. that so much better. And what the hell is wrong with him to tell Cal not to say anything and then a few days later just go and blast him? If I was Cal, no wonder they don't talk. And that's another thing. Cal Tucker, which we'll have on in hour number two, says that Mitch doesn't go to practices. This is a program under this falls under your your leadership, your job description. And quite frankly, while football is the biggest money getter and maker, mm-hmm. like I said, it's probably important to keep the 
basketball tradition of Kentucky as in tip-top shape as possible. And you're not even going to practices. You're not even hanging around the team. You go to fewer and fewer games. That's another thing. When there's when there's conflicts he between football and basketball, you'll you'll find Mitch in football. And I I you know if he's got a better relationship with Stoops or if they you know were more but although it doesn't really seem like him and Stoops would like hit you, that they'd hang out on a Friday night. Yeah, and, and some of it is like the um, like when I went to that bowl party. Right, there's just a lot more of the, I don't want to call them groupies, but you know, there's a lot more hangers-ons. There's a lot of hanger-ons, kind of booster, that the, that kind of crowd. Maybe he th- feels like he gets along better with that crowd, I don't know. I know Joe Kraft's in that crowd, so maybe he's just trying to kiss his butt, who knows. Um, either way, it's, it's, it's pretty clear that there's um, it's a mess right now. And uh, on top of it, you won't see him. You know, he doesn't go to as many basketball games per Kyle Tucker, and that makes sense. You used to always see him in that little corridor. The, He's in that where, corner. Yeah, yeah, where, they, yeah. where they run out. Uh, you don't see him as much there anymore. At least it's not advertised if he is. But how often does he engage with fans? Oh, he doesn't. Absolutely not fans, at all. you know, that aren't totally and completely loaded with cash. Yeah, because he doesn't speak to them. Unless it's like on some um, JMI-produced production like i don't know one of their shows he, he doesn't enter he 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 the pulse of the fan base does not resonate with him at all and he makes no effort to even try to understand where fans are coming from or even the fan experiences at his own sporting events if i'm an athletic director i realize the lifeblood of the athletic programs it's the fans it's the people that show up it's the people that figure out how they're going to budget their paychecks while also wanting to support their favorite team that goes generation after generation after generation of people following this team. And they want to be a part of the program as much as they can. And Mitch doesn't give a single crap about you. And if he did, and Mitch would come out and be like, that's not true, that's not true. How? Prove me wrong. Do you ever go and talk to fans at games unless they're the rich fans? Unless it's the bowl party with the donors? No, of course he doesn't. And then on top of that, he's too good for media, Roush. No, way too good for me. While we would joke about Vince Tyree having a press conference every other week, at least the fans knew where he stood on everything. We don't know where Mitch Barnhart stands on anything, and the stuff that he does, he really he acts like a politician when he's doing a media press conference. And he will just talk and talk and filibuster until, oops, I'm out of time. Ding! Sorry, can't can't talk anymore. It's embarrassing. It is not what a leader of an athletic program, a Power 5 athletic program, one of the most profitable athletic programs in the country, he's got to go. And we've been hinting at this for years that we've kind of grown stale with all this. And I don't care if, if this basketball season keeps going south – and that's another thing too. People that are like people that are saying it's this isn't why basketball stinks. Again, nobody's saying this, but for the people that want John Calipari gone, who's paying that forty million after this year to get him to go? Who's paying the forty million to get him to go? And who's responsible for why UK is going to be on the hook for forty million dollars for a basketball coach that's already been here now for over a decade? Who's responsible for that? It's Mitch Barnhart. 
We're going to hit our first break. We need to get right into the text line, the yep. Jordan's text line. When we return, you all are going to bring up some Man, great points. And we got to tell Tennessee to suck it like 75,000 times. I can't stand them. And honestly, what they're doing on Saturday, I really just wish I, – I, it, it's, it's the most offensive thing that the University of Tennessee's ever done. We'll come back. We'll tell you all about it. <sighs> I thought this part of the song was more fun. It's not, though. And nobody thinks of Friday the 13th when you play this part. All right. Well, I screwed up. Sorry. Hand up. Now I kind of want the... Can you do that? <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's, it. that's the best part of the song. <laughs> Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Friday the 13th edition and it certainly feels like Friday the 13th in Definitely Lexington. feels like Friday. Scooch, we may as well get out in front of it here, buddy. A lot of people want to know what was up with White Castle yesterday. They suck. Terrible fast food restaurant chain. So, folks, I... Well, we're, this never, is, get, we're never getting them as a sponsor. This <laughs> is uh, something I'm not sure if you all are uh, aware of or not, but... Um, their most recent tweet on their official account is to Scoots, and he is... Is it really? Mm-hmm. They haven't had a tweet since they reached <laughs> out to you. But Scoots is, um, you know, he, he's an oddball at times, and one of the odd things he does is... Well, so he he typically eats after the show, right? He's got a little downtime. Sometimes I'll be working with Scoots, and we'll, we'll stop by Thornton's and get a wonderful breakfast burrito or a... Mm. Croissant, <laughs> maybe get a cup of joe. It's a great, great time. But sometimes Scoots is like, I, I'm skipping breakfast. I'm going right to lunch. Yep. And when he told me this one morning, he's like, yeah, I'll go to White Castle. I'm like, you know, I heard they got a good breakfast. He's like, no, I, I just get the White Castle cheeseburgers. Might be the only person that gets White Castle at 10 a.m. And it's not like they... They, they aren't still awake from the night before. I've gotten their breakfast before. It has been many years, but I've got a several friends that I trust their food opinions. They're like, White Castle's breakfast is actually really good. Uh, it's no Thornton's, obviously. Right. I love Thornton's. That's number one. But I've been, and, and I don't remember it being anything overly special, but I rem- don't also remember it being terrible. It just isn't in my, it's not in my rotation of breakfast places. Right. Again, because right. I'm so often just going to Thornton's. But Scooch says, I'm not interested in the breakfast at White Castle. I mean, it's okay. I've I've had the breakfast before, but when I compare breakfast versus lunch or dinner at White Castle, lunch or dinner is the way to go. Those sliders are way better than the breakfast sliders. But yeah, so basically I just went, I got, I always get all my burgers, no onions. Oddly enough, it never freaking happens. I don't I don't understand what they can't comprehend about no onions. I think it's happened one time in the past year that they haven't put onions on burgers, which I, I will eat it, but I don't like the crunch of the onions, so I'm not a big fan when they're on there. And I ordered two bacon cheese sliders. No bacon. 
So they just charged me $2.50 more for uh, than they should have on a regular slider. Now, pretty pissed. A couple couple follow up questions here. Yeah. Are you the? Are do you check the bag before you you depart? Like, I do. You, yeah. So you so you saw that there were onions. I no, I didn't. So I just I do the thing where I like look in the bag just to make sure that everything I ordered is in there. So I count the items. Like if I ordered five items, so you I don't just investigate, make sure there's five but items. you just want to make sure you, the correct. Quantity. He, he does yeah. the Sam's Club and he counts. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you the type of person to realize something is not right with your order and to go back and complain? No, no, I've I've never my whole life I've never really been a complainer just because there's so many people that have it worse off than that. Like wow, I got a wrong order at White Castle. You know, there's there's so many more people that are in just rougher situations that have a right to complain. I don't feel like I have a right to complain. See, it's my, just a, it's just an inconvenience. My dad's an enigma. Like he will spend money on the dumbest crap and just buy it in bulk like <laughs> most reason and this is just like a, a, a this isn't probably even the best comparable but we go to his house and he has bought like a million little like bouncy balls and rubber rings for all the grandkids <laughs> and it's just like first off nobody you could the whole state of Kentucky wouldn't need this many stupid little toys. Secondly, certainly not your like six or seven grandkids or whatever the number's up to these days. Um, why did you buy so many of them? Why are you wasting your money on this? On the flip side, he's also the type of person where if he notices that like bacon's not on a sandwich, he'll wrap around back the line and be like, "Yeah, you you didn't put bacon on this. I'm and you charged me fifty cents, so I need that fifty cents, or I'm gonna <laughs> need to get bacon on this sandwich." I don't understand it. I am the like I don't. And I've been burned on this, but I don't really look at the bag. Sometimes I'll be like, "You no toppings on this, right? And they'll be like, yeah, no toppings. And I'll just take their word for it. I'll grab the bag and I'll go on my merry way. And sometimes I'll get home and have uh, a nice or an unpleasant surprise, I should say, because they messed up the order. So I don't check, but some people do. And some people will also go back around and make a big stink. So you're not a big stink person. No, and I, if I were to make a big stink, I think I've went went back and complained one time at a restaurant. I'm definitely not going back to the end of the drive through line. I'm storming into the lobby and being like, hey, here's the deal. You know what I am going to complain about, though? Well, you got you have to. What do you do, Roush? You're. Oh, I, I don't. I don't get anything specifically ordered. I order it from the menu and I eat it and I like it. Wow. Wow. You probably have a lot of people being like, "Yeah, hell yeah, yeah." yeah. Very like, mature. If, if I don't like it, then I take it off. Like the only thing I would ever really take off to of anything, it would be like if I get a burger and there's like a giant onion. Like I like a little bit, but sometimes they just like have like the biggest red onion in the history of the earth, and I'm like, all right, I'll just take it off. I don't really mind onions. One time we got on pizza. A pizza place that I really, really like. One of my favorite pizza places. You talked places about this too, that like the onion really was Holy, awesome. No, no, no. It was terrible. Oh. They just like, it, you couldn't, it, there was, it was more onion, onion than cheese. Like it was just oh. so much onion, I was crying. <laughs> see what but, you did there. Yeah, but, you the, yeah. But you are kind of a penny pincher. I could see you going back and not being happy if, you know, you felt like you didn't get your money's worth. Yeah, I'm also non-confrontational though, so. Same. Yeah. Uh, You've been confrontational with me a ton of times. Well, <laughs> we do a radio Entertainment purposes. But what really about? does grind my gears, though. Right now, Kentucky basketball, not in a great place. No, it's really bad. One of the, man, and on the heels of all this, they've got to go play. One of the best defenses in America at Tennessee this weekend. And what's Tennessee going to do? They're probably going to beat the snot out of Kentucky, and they're going to rub our faces in it. 
Because before the game, they're retiring Chris freaking Lofton's jersey. What a bunch of jerks. Of course they picked the Kentucky game to do it. Of course. Of course they did. And then they had to do it now. So just kick rocks, Tennessee. I feel like they've done stuff with Chris Lofton. Every time they play Kentucky. Yeah, what more can they do? I guess this is the last straw. They, they're, they're like, all right, got to play one more Chris Lofton guard. Because he's definitely been invited back to be honored at a Kentucky game before. Absolutely. I feel like this, is, this has happened a lot of times. Uh, sign me up for don't care. Don't care. Just kiss my ass, Falls. I, I don't care. Losers. I like Chris Lofton. Seems like a good guy. That dude took a lot of L's against the Cats. So bring him back. He got a uh, he got a couple wins. He got a, had a couple nice games against UK. Great three point shooter, but he lost a lot of games. He lost a lot of games against UK. How many games did he actually beat UK? Three times. I think he beat him three times. Let's see. He finished his career in 08. So one and one. One and two, two and two, three and two, four and two, or three and three, four and three, five and three, six and three, seven and three. I think Kentucky went eight and three against him. <laughs> I think UK went eight and three against that guy. Maybe seven and three. I don't know. I should have probably looked this up during the break. But either way, suck it, Tennessee. So bring him back, whatever. I don't think that's probably going to be the difference and maybe the outcome for tomorrow. But well, Cal, Chris Lofton would make a difference. Inspiration for from Kentucky. inspiration for for them bringing back Chris Lofton. Play people that can shoot threes. How about that? It'd be nice. Be inspired. C.J. Nice. Frederick, Antonio Reeves, get them out there on the floor together. Get Casey Wallace out there if he's healthy. Is he going to be healthy? Who knows? That's kind of a day to day thing. Toppin, he's probably back, right? I thought we were going to probably see him Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll find out. Uh, Bruiser Flint speaks with the media at 9 a.m., so I'm sure we're going to get some um, some updates there. I'm being sarcastic, but I'm also not going to raise a big stink because, um, like, they have assistants do pregame. Like, this has been a this has been since COVID, I or maybe think, even before. It's I like do, once a week where they have an assistant out. Um, it is nothing. I mean, he has been doing – no, not even since COVID. They were doing this long when you before were, COVID, okay. back when I was covering yeah, basketball. Okay. Uh, and – they do it just because, on the one hand, you know, Cal talks after the games. I, I think Cal should do the press conference today. Um, the timing now. It, just because that story came out. Yeah. I think he should come out and, and say, going back to the Mitch Barnhart, and we're going to get more into it, obviously, when we have Cal Tucker on in hour number two, but people need to speak up and have some guts, for uh, lack of another radio word that I probably can't use. Uh, have some guts and, likes to use, yeah. and come out and say what you need to say. Don't always, you know, play the media game. And if the relationship's so bad, what do you have to lose? What, what, what's, hey, Cal, if you come out and you call out your athletic director, which, oh, is, boy, is he gonna wouldn't, fire you? wouldn't that make me so happy if he did that? It's not going to happen. No. Yeah, you know, what, is he going to pay you $40 million to leave? No, he's not. He can't even raise enough money for the football facility right now that is desperately needed. He ain't going to do that. And that was that was another thing with, like, the apology thing. If I was Cal, I get it. Like, if your AD tells you to do something, he's your superior, so you probably should listen to him. But, like, what's he going to do, fire you? If you come out and just apologize? If I'm Cal, I'm that dude's not my boss anymore. And if he is, then, then come be big boss man and fire me. Come pay me $40 million. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. <laughs> So I think Cal should talk today. I do think if I were John Calipari, I would do that. But it's certainly nothing out of the ordinary. 
he he'd be doing this if that story hadn't come out. He rotates assistants frequently for the pregame messaging and press conference. Let's get to the Thornton's text line. You text it in, we read it on air, 502-414-1450. A texter says, Roush is going to vote for his uncle, Kentucky Sports Person of the Year. And they said that before you had even mentioned it and said, there it is, Big Ten West, baby. Yeah, Big hey, Ten Purdue West. winning the Big Ten West is a big deal. Yeah. Like if, it... if you, I mean, the Big Ten West is a not a great division, but it is still Purdue. It's still like the second best conference in football. It is the second so, best conference in football. I mean, when but a weak division, but we we would have been tooting our horns if can like back in 2016, 2015 when Georgia was down, if Kentucky won the East. Oh I mean, yeah, we would. Yeah. I mean, just watch what happens with Purdue with Jeff Brom not there these wow. next five six years. You're not a believer in their new coach. Hell who I no. forgot their name. Hell, uh, Ron Walters. Which, by the way, uh, if yesterday didn't blow up, uh, pretty significant news that Zach Arnett is going away from the air raid at Mississippi State. They might stink next year. They hired an App State offensive coordinator. You know, you, you scared of old App State play callers, TJ? Like Scott Satterfield and Eli Drinkwitz? I don't no, think so. No. But, like, also Will Rogers might stink too because I think he's a system quarterback. So, so you're saying UK gets their first win in Starkville in a in long, long time. If, if Liam Cohen gets the offense rocking and rolling, which he said priority number one is fixing the offensive line. Speaking of UK football – can we can DeAndre Square he have any more eligibility left? Can we no, find some? Unfortunately not. Can no. we just lie? Can we just make he a, new a name? He's a nice guy. We should get him on the. I'll try to get him on the show. Might have to preach. It's it. embarrassing for Mitch Barnhart where you have like athletes coming out and playing peacemaker more yeah. than you are. He's kumbaya better. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Square, he's the man. Yeah, loved nice. every, I loved what he was saying, and he was going back and even interacting with fans and liking tweets and stuff like that. So good on him. Uh, I'm so pumped for this football season, and, and partially probably because basketball has been so disappointing this year. But oh boy, and le- listening to Cohen talk yesterday, yeah, he he gets you fired up. He does, especially when he but was it's like, like a realistic fire up. You know, you don't feel like you're just getting like sunshine pumped up your rear. Man, you want to talk about a goal up too? Like he goes out to L.A. He's all tan, skinny. Like, do you is that just like a tan almost everywhere? Jan almost everywhere. <laughs> and he's dad, you know. I know. And he's coaching all the time. How do you lose weight while coaching football? Mrs. Cohen better keep an, you know, in Lexington, he's going to, people are going to gonna be looking at him. But he, he seems like he's a nice family. You'll, you'll never believe this, but Larry Vaught asked him a question about his wife. What? No. What was the question? It was, uh, how did, how, what was her role in, in your decision? Ashley Cohen? Yeah, she's nice. I had conversations with her before. It is kind of like, I mean, their kid was born in Kentucky. Like they got married in Kentucky. Place means a lot to them. Good. And but, I hope that I like. I like that he was like, I want to stay. You know, I'm, I'm not looking to, yeah, to go anywhere. And he was like, Am I going to say that I'm a? Co- I'm not going to say I'm a college coach or I'm a pro coach. Like this is the pinnacle of coaching is the NFL. But like, I missed the impact that I had on kids' lives. And last year, it was an opportunity. He was like, I was an assistant quarterbacks coach, and then I had the chance to be an offensive coordinator for of Super Bowl champs. Like that. That just is so rare. I, I couldn't do. Like you, you could. It's one thing to read the quotes too, but he was like trying his best to just be like, like I, I didn't want to go. I didn't plan on going, but this was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And I don't think anybody blamed him. And I think we kind of knew it at the time, but it's another reason to hear him say it now and just how fired up he is to get a second chance to come back to Kentucky, kind of finish what he started. And UK's paying him more than he was making out in Los Angeles. Oh man. 
Is it more than what he was making for the Rams? I think it's significantly more. I could Did not I could not find it, okay. but it's almost, I think, double the average NFL coordinator salary. He was still probably making about what like he was gonna make one point one million at UK. Um, they gave him a raise and he left shortly afterwards. I bet he was making about that with the Rams. You think so? Yeah. Cost of living though. Yep, cost of living, Texas, California, right? While we're talking football, Justin Rogers commits to Auburn. Your thoughts? Good, good for Justin. Um, he, one thing that at least does make sense about Auburn is that um, they, 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 they don't play a three-four. They play like four-down linemen. So he'll be. I mean, he's still going to be getting double teamed, but it's not going to be lined up over center as a zero technique. So it's a little bit different. Um, good for him. Uh, wish him the best of luck. I'm not going to nitpick his quotes because like. You know, some some of them. Was there something to nitpick? Yeah, because he was like, well, the competition in the West is better anyway. And it's like, well, was it? Because there was Tennessee and Georgia were higher ranked than any team in the West for most of the year. Yeah, I mean, that, so, that, that, certainly, you, could, that certainly could be nitpicked. Yeah, you can nitpick I didn't that. see any of his quotes, but, yeah, maybe we should just bypass them. But yeah, good for – glad he found a spot. There was, I, I, <laughs> I, hope, I hope he's getting the money that he, he wants to get uh, because – UK is going to have a better defense than Auburn next year. UK is going to have a better team than Auburn next year. UK is going to be more competitive than Auburn next year. Auburn's most likely going to get their teeth kicked in by a lot of teams in the West. Mm -hmm. So enjoy that competition. But in all seriousness, if he wanted more money and he thought that's what's best for him, then I am genuinely happy for him and wish him the best. I wish he would have stayed at UK, but you got to do what's best for you. From my understanding, too, Kentucky had one of the better offers that he could have chosen from. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but because I think he went out, tested the mar- waters. The market rate wasn't about what he thought. Maybe Auburn got to where he finally wanted to. But I would uh, think also if you're Auburn, new staff, you need as much, you know, you, you want the season yeah. to be as good as possible. I could see them potentially overpaying, overpaying yeah. just to be able to be as good as possible. But he's a good player, and he'll do nice things for Auburn. I wish he was doing those nice things in Lexington, but if just leave Chewy where he belongs, okay, Justin? Man, what a cute thing. Chewy doesn't go to the Plains. There was there was some thoughts that um, he might end up, like, coming back, too, which would have been – that would have been – Well, the guy loves recruitment so much. Re-recruit him again. What if he hopped in the portal in the second window? <laughs> <laughs> a he texter on the Thornton's text line says, Roush and TJ, did you all drink wine during communion, or were you all the type to just smack the bread and dip? I mean, I, I just love – Plumlee must be going back to church. He did the thing where he didn't go to church when he was in college. Mm-hmm. Now he's like getting – all right, well, I guess I'm going to start going back again. So now he's got all these church-related questions. I was ask. wine more times than not. But when I was, like, younger, if it was, like, a big Sunday, like if the Packers had a big game or if I was in grade school and the Giants, the St. Rayfield Giants, we were so dominant, if we had a big game and we just had to go beat Notre Dame Academy's ass, uh, I'd be like, you know what, I may actually need the blood of Christ today, and I'd take even a bigger goal. Oh, so wow. I was more situational wine drinking than anything else. You wanted to get a little, catch a buzz. <laughs> yeah, who didn't as a kid? Hmm. Are you a wine drinker yeah, church? It's kind of weird. Drinking out the same cup. Wow! I did every once in a while, but not for the most part. Unbelievable. I don't know why I never get included in these questions. I grew up Catholic, too. Are you grew up Catholic? You're no longer practicing wow. Catholic? Wow, Scoots uh, hates God. I would say, no. <laughs> did you drink the wine, Scoots? I do, yeah, of course. Okay. Not to get a buzz, though, you animal. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to our last, uh, let's go to our last break of this hour. Come back for hour two. We'll have Kyle Tucker join us in this hour. Maybe he's got some more information. 
on his mailbag that really set the internet on fire yesterday. Mm. Don't go anywhere. Will he bring his mailbag with him? Mail time! I can't tell you how many people also were like, you got to ask about Twitter. you got to ask about Twitter. Oh, so, I'm, I'm asking about Twitter. Gonna, I, I want to know just the, the – be- how, how do you – like, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? Yeah, what do you do all day? <laughs> yeah, my God. <laughs> we'll be back. This is KRC on Big X. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. All that food talk in hour one. It's got me craving some Salsaritas, the fresh Mexican grill. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Check them out. And if you got any catering needs, no parties too big, no parties too small for Salsaritas, they'll bring it right to your doorstep. You can order it online on their app. Download the Salsaritas app Man. today. And it's NFL playoff season. Perfect time to have... Just munch on chips all day. Yes. Oh, man. So much fun. I'm also a big fan. You know what my move is now, TJ? You're going to be getting this, too. It's you, you get your friends with kids, and you're like, yeah, we'll have a play date, which is just kids. You play while dads watch football. Great, great hack. All my, a, a good chunk of my friend, like a big group, my one, one friend group I have, all their wives are, oh, boy. Actually, I got to talk about this. Oh, I can't believe. I mean, I, I wish we had more. Today would be such a good time to have a three-hour radio show. I, I, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right, but they are going. They are leaving the state. Not that I think that is an important part of this, but I think this is just where they have to go for the photographer. They're going and getting like boudoir photos. They're all like they're. I don't know if they're all participating. You don't need to I, leave the state to do that. I don't think. I, I think it's just they where just the photographer know the person. Lit, yeah, yeah, like that. They're going to them, and then it turned into like a girls' weekend where they're all going. And, and they're gonna get somebody to take nudes of them. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, like, good for the husbands. Like, yeah, like that. Right on. But, but I don't think all of them are getting nudes done. But it certainly kind of seems like a situation where, like, there could be some coercion where one is going to be doing it, and then the other one's gonna be like, "Well, I want." The whole concept to me is wild, wild. In this day and age, just go to a mirror, send over, send over a pic to your husband. Yeah, I mean, but I get wanting to be feel a little less raunchy about it. You want to feel a little classy, but I also <laughs> wouldn't want like to invite... awkwardness. I'm like, I'm like cringy right now. Just imagine. Yeah, but maybe they want to feel like a model. You know. I understand that, sure, sure, but it's turned into a big girls' trip. Of course, this is like the one weekend my wife has to work at home. Uh, not that I need her to pose Take boudoir photos. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. need another. Seem person. upset, TJ. Uh, not uh, what's that? You seem upset. Well, I am. I mean, all the guys are really happy that they're getting an NFL playoff weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. I don't get that. Uh, that being said, they all are in charge of their babies. So, like, it's kind of bittersweet. On the one hand, yeah. they're like, the wife is gone, baby. And on the other hand, they're like, oh, got to watch the kids, though, by myself. But it's Which, like, oh, man, I just got to booze at home and watch football instead of, like, going somewhere. But it, that, that's 
do you think your wife would ever do boudoir? boudoir? Oh, ne- there is a negative 100% <laughs> chance. Negative 1 million, like no, never, never. Oh, goodness gracious. And this is probably one of you, or one of our more listened to shows. <laughs> <laughs> but none of those girls are listening, so it is what it is. I hope they have you know, a, they I hope Maybe they, they want to hear about Kyle Tucker's mailbag. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point, though. Just get the, fellas, let's get some salsaritas. We'll get a bunch of chips and salsa. Go the girl, the give, girl, feed them to the babies. The girls will be getting... Give them some queso. They can't right. eat the chips, but they can love the cheese. <laughs> We need, this to is our to show. The, we need to get to the text line. Yeah, uh, but are you all picking any upsets this weekend? In the I NFL? don't know. I just pulled it up, and I don't. It's it's just, we, you know on a different day we could spend a lot of time talking NFL, but the day is not the day. Unfortunately, it just sucks. Like trying to bet some of these games because of the quarterback situations. Like thirteen and a half point spread in the Bills game for a playoff game. I think the Giants win. I think the Jags win. Those are two upsets. Um, and then the. I, I won't be shocked if the Buccaneers win, but I just don't think they're very good. So, but it's really, the really, those are the three games that you have to have, uh, like where it could be a toss-up either way. I think I'm going to ride with the Chargers just because I think they have more talent, although they're not at home. Um, Scoots hates the Jaguars. There's no way he's. That's the not Jags. true. That's they're my second team. Yeah, but you are always like they stink. There's no way they they're going to win. They're horrible. I'm I'm tired of trying to make make. Get like they're going to be good is what I'm trying to say. I'm basically going to make – like I want the Jags to win, but I'm going to probably pick against it. So I'll, emotional hedge. I'll hit y'all with a, with an upset. Oh. Y'all are going to make fun of me. Give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I will make fun of you. Give me the Se- – I'm not a 49ers believer for whatever reason. I mean, reason. I could maybe be talked into them covering, but – I don't even think – I don't even think they're covering. But, I, yeah, no, no, I'm not, yeah, not picking. Geno Smith – Real Comeback shame. player of the year, baby. Real shame the Packers aren't in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, you would have just... Geno Smith has like, kind of gotten worse, though. Yes. As the season's progressed. That's true. And um, the 49ers, and the 49ers are so good. Like Even nutty. if you were going to respond to me with, like, oh, well, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's been quality. I mm-hmm. mean, he's the same as Jimmy G. If not, maybe even a little better. So it's yeah, not a night. Certainly not worse, I don't think. Yeah. So NFL playoffs this weekend. Uh, we'll probably talk more reactionary stuff on Monday, and then I really? love that they have that Monday night playoff game. That's so sweet. Good move, NFL. Yeah. Th- this th- there will be some stinkers, but I'm still going to enjoy watching every single second of it. And that's why I'm glad the Kentucky Tennessee game is at noon. I can flush it out of my brain and just enjoy football. It does suck that we're all just anticipating a beatdown, but. You just lost to freaking South Carolina. Why wouldn't we anticipate a beatdown? But I do like that today's show, we are kind of forced to talk about other things instead of that. Instead of just getting your team. But but Monday, we will obviously break down the game and everything. And and you know what? Maybe they'll fight for once. I need to get something off my chest, too, that's going to piss me off all day Saturday. Santiago Santiago Vescovi was Santiago Vescovi for two years and then decided he's Santiago Vescovi. You don't know. You're Viscovi. No. Why it makes me mad, I don't know. It's dumb, but it just drives me nuts. It's because he plays for Tennessee. I can't stand him. I, I cannot. It's 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 going to physically hurt me to watch that football. <sighs> yeah. You all know my feelings now. Not good, Bob. Not good. Texture says, TJ, this is why you don't keep a coach over recruiting class. Kyle Tucker isn't even completely <laughs> sold. Also, the main takeaway from this article, Mitch Barnhart has got to go. Get him the 
bleep out. We can't say that word on air. Yeah, Kyle wasn't isn't very high on. He he does think UK has the best recruiting class that is involved with the best players in 2023, but he says not to compare it to a Wall or Bledsoe class just because he doesn't think the talent levels is good. He thinks it's a down year in recruiting. A lot of people think that. Um, I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of Dillingham. I've seen a lot of those players. They're good players. The, the, uh, they're the, they're going to be good college players. The thing that I think they would should be good make players. you hesitant on, like, th- there's debate on who the number one player is. If it's an awesome class, and there's usually not debate over it. Now, granted, it's debate over between like a bunch of Kentucky guys. It's like, well, is the best player Wagner, or is it Edwards, or is it Bradshaw? So, like, that's good. And also, did you see where Ian Jackson might be committing this weekend? Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think it's, it just doesn't. See, he just visited UNC. I think he's like yeah. has an Arkansas visit planned. Just uh, seems like Kentucky's kind of faded out a little bit. Hope to be wrong about that because three weeks ago it was all UK. So maybe I, I'm not sure. He did say that like nothing going on with UK is going to impact that decision, but that makes me even less confident in it. Right. But I'm I will, we've got bigger things to worry about exactly. than 2024 recruits for right now. So we can long way we away. can cross that bridge when we get to it. And Texter, whether or not you, you maybe you're right. Maybe you don't keep a coach around for a recruiting class. But the more and more that and we'll talk with Kyle about this. He'll have some insight. But either Texas is going to have to take Calipari. And Cal's probably saying goodbye to a lot of money. Or UK may have to pay $40 million for him to leave. That would be the buyout if they fire him after this year. I, I think Cal's going to be around next year. Yeah, I think the most likely option is just yeah. he's, he's, he's around. That's I, I agree with you. Yep. The article Cal put out is pretty da- pretty damning regarding Mitch. How in the hell can we keep him as AD going forward? Cal is certainly partially to blame for the struggles as, as of late, but what coach would be able to succeed with all these roadblocks put into place? We had the money to build a practice facility. Mitch said no. Cal wanted a bigger staff. Mitch said no. Cal wanted a basketball GM to deal with the transfer portal. Nil recruiting. Mitch said no. He's literally setting basketball program up to failure, and it makes me mad. Get him out of here. He is not helping the basketball program. You're spot on, Texter. It's embarrassing for an athletic director to do that, and he does need to go for those reasons and plenty more. Trust me, it's not just that. Yeah. Biggest thing I miss with Trevor as a producer is he openly talking straight trash to him on the text line, and he can't dodge it whatsoever. Those were great times. Trevor's a good fella, even though he sleeps in until 5 p.m. as a 40-year-old. <laughs> See, That had to be fun, though, just being able to have like an open – which I guess you technically do. You can talk trash to Trevor on the Rutherford show. Rutherford just... doesn't read all the text, though. He oh. doesn't. Confirmed. Wow. He reads Dodging. the ones that are most convenient just but, for him. Just butt slap the radio. That fits his L narrative. Won't, won't get that on morning 7 to 9, Kentucky Roll Call. Nope, oh, not here. Mitch only responds to email, so why doesn't everyone just email him their concerns? Obviously, Please be professional and act like an adult. Don't be an idiot, but there needs to be some serious discussions with him. Have a press conference and answer tough questions for runs. Don't allow him to make up stupid excuses. Kentucky Roll Call reached out to both Mitch Barnhart via phone. Uh, No calls were returned. And then to Eli Capilouto as well, because he is... He's Technically, his boss. his boss, along with you know the board. But he uh, Eli's office did answer and said they would return a call to Kentucky roll call that has not yet been returned. Ooh, so um, I was able to get on with somebody in Eli's office, but it was a secretary. She did not have any clue really what was going on. She was very nice, very professional. And I agree with the texter. Reach out. You This like th- this needs to happen. I, I'm not saying he's exactly right. Be professional and be you know courteous 
with people's times, but people need to know that the athletic department, the university, they need to know that people are ticked off, and we should be ticked off by all this. If Cal isn't having the assistants do scout and film, that's concerning. What else would the assistants be doing with their role? I, I look forward to talking with Kyle about this a little bit. Yeah, more. and we didn't we didn't mention that at all. Uh, we mostly just talked about the Mitch stuff, but that that part was a little. People little are gonna different. people are gonna take this as like a defense of Cal. First off, Cal always talks about watching film on his coach's show. So either he's lying or they're, you know, something's getting lost in translation. Secondly, so much of scouting does fall back on grad assistance. That's everywhere. You know, it uh, so much of that does. That being said, the fact that Kyle was like the assistants aren't really doing much of it at all, that's kind of weird. You know, it's a weird thing. Well, like he brought that up for a reason. And, and that's a little that's a little concerning. It also and and that's why I'm curious to get him on. Because he kind of alluded to like, like Kenny Payne was the guy that would work out guys at like midnight or whatever. Like, or who's he made it sound like that that's not like a thing anymore. Assistance working out. Yeah, and that's that's concerning. Yeah, you know, and that's that fall. I think that falls back on Cal too. That like you need to tell your assistants to get their ass in the gym and be working with these yeah. dudes. And if they don't, then you do it. But. That's we'll talk with Cal about that. Yeah. Uh, is Cal or the refusal to allow expanded staff is more damning than the practice facility stuff, which isn't great itself. Yeah, um, you look um, at Gun. I watched Gonzaga a little bit last night. They had a second row of staff members. Yeah, yeah, and, and but like that's that's the world of college athletics now. All this extra money is turning into a bunch of thirty thousand dollar a year side employees. You know you, what you I mean? Pay football like, got Eddie Grand back in, and Eddie Grand is like a good football mind. Was he doing the best job calling UK's offenses? People disagree on stuff like that, but he is somebody that works well with Stoops. I mean, they were able to find a role for him. What's crazy too, TJ? And I don't want to make it football basketball. I want yeah. football to have as many people as possible. I want basketball to have as many people as possible. They should be doing that. Mitch when, should want that as well. When Freddie got hired, they had like three of those support staff people, and now his job alone is two it's a two-person job, and it's they it's up to like ten. Like you, you just have to have more people to deal with all of the stuff you do now. We all like Freddie. I don't think he's helping anything with some of his tweets. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's just like also like what do you expect from Freddie? He but, that's his mindset. Sure, he, and he, he can you know, tweet whatever he his, wants. Um, he's a good guy. I'm not going to hold it against him. But like, and, the, and the, he's he's making the point like facilities shouldn't matter. Facilities should matter, and they do matter, and U.K. football desperately needs one. The fact that they haven't broke around on that is embarrassing. And if Cal is raising a good chunk of the money himself, Barnhart shouldn't stand well, in the way. And like we said, now we're one. Why can't we do all this? But it's back to what you said. Or like Facilities aren't why Kentucky's losing games. Correct. That, that's I, I, not, not that facilities don't matter. I, yeah. agree, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, the re- uh, Ditch Mitch, says one texter. Uh, I had a lot of people be like, both Mitches in Kentucky, Mitch McConnell and Barnard. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, Bar- McConnell's so. I love to lump uh, my friend Mitch into all the let's Mitches. Do, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Every Mitch, get him out. <laughs> if you know any Mitches personally, lock him up. Send him a mean text. If I get a chance to go to any more games this year, I'm going to do my best to bring the energy from intros to the final buzzer. Energy, what here's the, the same. I know it's hard to get some people in rep to do that. This team needs everything we can give them. Maybe they're too far gone, but when you love something as much as Kentucky loves basketball, you got to try everything to try and help them, mm-hmm. regardless of what anyone thinks of their coach, the AD, or the players. Show them you still care, and hopefully they'll do the same in return. Yeah, since we've had our baby, my dog has just been super annoying, uh, and it's really frustrating, but it's still my dog, and I still do love him. I'm not just going to go kick him out to the streets because he's become somehow more needy, and he was already the neediest dog in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the dog. And you don't turn your back when something's struggling. So I love this text into the show. Good for you. Uh, if you're a fan, 
you should fan. And sometimes fans feel like it's my responsibility to do my fan part to make sure things get better, and that's me not showing up. If that's your that's your prerogative, if you feel like that's the best angle to take, then go ahead and take it. But I, I like this team can still theoretically get in the tournament, and if you get in the tournament, who knows what can happen. And Kind of dream weaving here a little bit, but they may need your help. They may need, uh, yeah, they, and, they, and that's they, why the South Carolina loss, that was going to be a good, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like the LSU game where they got a chance to feel some of that love from the Big Blue Nation. I thought South Carolina was going to be another one, but yeah. But it's, you know, it, I get why people are frustrated. Creighton's 9-8, and eight, by the way. All right, Is that Doug, McDerm- all the, Doug McDermott's out. Is that for all the Baylor Shireman lovers, too? It's not Doug McDermott. What's his name again? Uh, Craig McDermott? Greg. Greg? Yeah, Greg's his dad. Doug. Okay. Do you think Doug... Doug's up to? Uh, playing in the... He was in the TBT, wasn't he? Or no, that was the uh, the BYU guy. Says that he's on the Spurs. N- no According chance. According to a quick Google search. No chance. Well, Spurs, Spurs can bad. bolster their defense with this trade of McDermott to the Cavaliers. Oh, he's on the Cavs. All righty. Another texture says, I can't help but think Brock Vandegrift is the guy, but Roush doesn't want to say it. Say uh, it. That's kind of the profile, right? Like a Georgia third-string form of blue-chip guy. Um, that that's the profile I'm kind of talking about. Um, I would also say that, I mean, it's just what you're looking for, guys who get recruited over that were former four and five star recruits. A lot of people were saying you all spoiled the Wilcox commitment on your podcast. Well, a we lot were, of people were saying that. <laughs> well, um, so I no longer do the producing for our. Like I, I don't do the produ- producing anymore. You heard it here so, first, passing the buck, everybody. So we we pre-taped our rapid reaction because Luckett is in Vegas right now. Bachelor party, right? Yeah. yeah. So, it, but it's just that didn't get cut at the end of. <laughs> so you know what? A double dose. It's hilarious. Hey, right, if, if he if he doesn't commit, then we're, we're we look like idiots. But that's that's tonight, by the way. Much of the focus on Cal's piece is on the facility and game planning stuff, but I found the part about the current staff roles and developing and working out players very interesting. Seems like there's been a huge cultural drop-off there. Also, a bit concerned about how much Mitch seemingly likes Scott Drew. His tournament resume stinks. That's out of that Mickey Mouse style. Oh, yeah, I like calling it a Mickey Mouse style, too. Uh, I I think you could do a lot worse than Scott Drew. I think you could do better than Scott Drew, but totally agreed with Kyle's take that, like, Scott Drew really fits the Mitch Barnhart mold. And we, as Roush mentioned in hour one, that ain't no way to hire somebody. All right, we got to get Kyle on. So we're going to take our last break of the show when we return. Kyle Tucker from The Athletic on to talk about John Calipari, Mitch Barnhart, assistance, everything else. This is KRC on Big X. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. We're not going to waste any time. Joining us now from The Athletic is Kyle Tucker. Kyle, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? 
you're on with your old friends TJ Walker and Nick Roush and Justin Kalen. We're doing <laughs> we're doing well. Uh, I can't tell you how many people when we announced that we were having you on yesterday came out and said, we need Kyle back on Twitter. I know you get asked about it all the time. You and I have texted about it a little bit. Do you just want to say something to the people out there about, about your Twitter? Your Twitter, uh, I don't think it's a hiatus. I think you're done, right? I, 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 we'll see. I, if I, if I were to come back at some point, it would be, uh, I, I would have to really govern myself it's, it's been very good for my brain to be away from that space i'll say that so um, what happens when somebody thinks you have a bad take how can they yell at you <laughs> where, where? yeah exactly right isn't that beautiful uh they, they can sign up for mastodon uh, <laughs> and yell at me there no they come yell at me in the comments it's interesting you know a really interesting thing that happened after i got off twitter uh one and a bunch of people are like oh no it's you're, you, I can't, you can't do that with your job. Um, I mean, people know know that I write stories still. <laughs> the website still exists. And so uh, people have continued to read and sign up. And also, the really, I think, kind of cool thing that happened was is like the comment section of pretty much every story I've written since then is, is much uh, more active. Like people, because like, I always respond to people there. And, and so um, I think people have kind of gone there our subscribers anyway have gone there to have conversations and talk about the story. Some people that tell me how stupid I am or whatever, that's fine. But, uh, uh, Hey, you pay the, you pay, give me your token and you can say whatever you want to me at the dunking booth. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I applaud you for having the, uh the the gall to do it because I just don't I don't know how I could do my job without it I don't even like do you turn on like I don't know how to get news like I'm I'm so reliant on it so the fact that you're leaving I thought you might have like died or something I was worried about you so it's good to know that all is well you still are writing Kentucky basketball and uh, yesterday uh, it, 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 folks got a little it caused quite a stir your mailbag and uh, there was uh, some. Some different parts in that, and the one that jumped out to me the most that was at least the newest information was kind of what you had to say about uh, Cal's assistance because a big change needed to happen following that 9-1 season. He flipped his staff, and we've seen the results on the recruiting trail, uh, but from your point of view, it, it hasn't really reflected in the development of the players on the court. Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to argue that they that they don't look as prepared. I mean, just uh, the thing that stood out to me all season um, is the way opposing coaches come into the post game and and say, "Here's what we saw on film that we could exploit, and here's exactly how we did it." You know, and that's happened more than one time. And you know, it's especially been glaring after the uh, Alabama uh, and South Carolina losses, talking about being able to see exactly how they could really exploit the national player of the year, Oscar Shibwe. Um, you know, and, and and the reverse, you know, Cal has come in and said, well, you know, you can't miss them. You can either make them all, but you can't miss them all. Uh, you know, we got to fight. we got to show more fight. I mean, that that's not, <clears throat> to me, that, you know, and after Alabama, I hope we're not this bad. Well, that <laughs> hope is not a plan. And you, you, you know, to me, you see what looks very much like a lack of preparation. Um, you know, these guys don't look like they're... Think about how they've started all these games. You know, you fall behind by this big margin, and then you're scratching. And, and when people say, like, he's lost the team, or, you know, they don't like each other, 
I would point out that they start terribly and they and they typically do fight back into the game at some point. And so I don't think guys have just laid down. Uh, but when you get into that kind of hole and, and when you don't seem to have a great game plan relative to your opponent, um, I don't know where else to sort of lay that uh, blame. And and I do think when you look at the guys that he had before when things were really rolling and what everybody's strengths were, you know, I mentioned the 2012 staff. It was a perfect staff for John Calipari because uh, he's got a certain style and he's got certain strengths and he coaches a certain way, which is really hard and aggressive with those guys. And, you know, the stuff that people love seeing on the, you know, behind the scenes footage of him telling Anthony Davis, I don't care what you rank, you know, I'm going to, you're going to rebound with two hands or I'm going to sit your butt down. And, and, you know, it's even harsher than that frequently with him, but he had, you know, Kenny Payne, who was kind of his good cop, but also a, a, a superior player development coach that you know the NBA went out and got because they wanted him working out guys and he turns you know Julius Randle into an all-star in one year every NBA player that's ever played for him raves about what they did for for their career what he did for their career um, you know Antigua who was a terrific recruiter and why Cal wanted him back and, and I have no no qualms with doing that uh, to try to get some of that recruiting magic back and then John Robick who was a you know I think there's a reason he came with Cal to every place that he was. Um, both Larry Brown guys at Kansas, um, you know, worked under him and studied under him, and, and they respect each other. And you know, he's with him at UMass, he's with him at uh, Memphis, with him at Kentucky, and then he's kind of slowly pushed out the door. And I think largely, uh, I think it was about recruiting. You know, I mean, there, are, you know, I think there's obviously some other issues at play, and, and Jamin through a lot of personal tragedy and. I think he was going through a lot at, at a certain point. For sure, that had to have uh, played some part in it. But regardless of what happened exactly there, um, it to me there is no question that they miss him. Uh, they miss that that uh, X and O acumen. I mean, he was a guy who was living in the film room and and putting together their game plans and scouting reports. And um, you know, I think you got to have that guy. Cal needs that guy, and that's I mean. Everybody's got strengths and weaknesses, and I don't think it's even you know some kind of uh, damning thing about John Calipari that he might need that person. I mean, I think Scott Drew and you know who won a title two years ago, I think would be very high on the list if Cal leaves. You know, he's a guy who listens to his assistants. He puts smart people around him and is willing to tweak things. And you know, I think that's where we are with Cal right now. That he's he's going to have to make some hard calls against some people that he probably likes and. Um, you know, switch things up again. But because, too, I think everything was done in a recruiting panic. Like, I'm not getting the best players anymore, and that's the problem. So I got to just load up and, and get recruiters, and we got to recruit better again. And they have. They got the number one class coming in. But Cal is the recruiting ace. You know, and I think if anything, he maybe wanted to delegate more. You know, at his older age, he's done, he accomplished a lot. He probably didn't want to be on the road as much. He, let me, let me assemble a staff of recruiters, but he's got to remember he is the guy. He's the People come to play for John Calipari because he's probably the greatest salesman that ever was in college basketball. And as long as he stays engaged there, it doesn't matter whether he has any recruiters on his staff, in my opinion. Uh, you know, he's the recruiter. Uh, but he better get some basketball people to fix this, I think. And you had mentioned in your article, and we're talking with Kyle Tucker from The Athletic, make sure you're signed up and subscribe to The Athletic. It's not very expensive, and you get some great journalism 
from Kyle, including the article yesterday, which certainly kind of felt like different parts. One, you detailed the relationship between Mitch Barnhart and John Calipari, which I think was eye-opening to a lot of people. And then on the flip side, you did. You, you, I felt like you weren't necessarily tough, but I felt like you were honest about the current state of John Calipari's staff and where the program's at. And those are kind of where it blended together. And that is Calipari wanted more staff members, and Mitch Barnhart said no. Why would he say no to that? Yeah, I think their relationship is interesting because, you know, and I've had people reach out to me from from the other side of that and say, well, I think Mitch has tried and, you know, I think he does, you know, he, he goes and speaks to him after after games. And the details of it, I think, are less important than the fact, the simple fact that they do not have a good relationship. And I, and I don't think you um, – I don't think you can thrive at Kentucky basketball when the athletic director and the coach are sort of uh, at odds. And, um, you know, I think, and I think it's a lot with Cal. It's, you know, I think he wants the best of everything and more, more, more. And, and, and I understand that, um, you know, from Mitch's perspective, like, you know, at what point do you not have enough? Probably if, you know, when you're making $9 million a year and you're, uh, top assistant makes a million, and you know the guy, you know that's that's your special assistant. Assistant that's not even a a full, you know, on court, on the road assistant coach is making six hundred thousand. <laughs> I mean, they they have a great uh, salary pool there. It's in, in Mitch's mind, it's probably hey, if you got all this money, like allocate it how you <laughs> however you want. It's on you to go hire the right people. Um, you know, and 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 I think from the you know the fiscally responsible perspective of do you really need a new practice facility after you, you know, built one, however, you know, 15 years ago. Um, and they've done some upgrades to it over time. Um, I, I can understand to a degree, both sides of it, but I do think if it is, if it is true and, and it's been put out there to me multiple times by different people that when Cal decided he wanted that facility, he, he got pledges from his former players. And I think if that is true, if they've got a substantial amount, you know, several million dollars pledged to do it, they ought to have a conversation. You know, Mitch and Cal needs to have a conversation about it. And, you know, I think he wants to be able to uh, proceed with that. And so whatever is holding that up, I don't know. Uh, but it clearly is, a, I think, a sore spot between them. And, um, you know, I, for me, they just have to work together one way or the other because, you know, look, he's, Mitch signed Cal to a contract that means they are together for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not beyond next year. Maybe, maybe you, can, you know, pallet, it's palatable to uh, pay, the, pay a little less buyout, you know, a year from now. And you've given him a chance with this number one class. But, I, I, people that think like he's going to be fired after the season, it's it would be impo- it would be really hard for me to see them coughing up forty million dollars right now to make him go away when he has the number one class coming in. And I and I also don't think Texas is going to hire him. I do think there's been conversation there, but um, I, I frankly it'd be a very hard sell <laughs> on on you know press conference day to sell John Calipari as he is right now um, at at a place like Texas when I think you could probably get somebody that's been winning. Uh, much more recently. So um, I guess I'm rambling a little bit, but I think bottom line, Cal's here for the foreseeable future. I don't think Mitch is going anywhere. Uh, and those guys have got to talk to each other. Um, 
you know, like I said, I've been told that, that Mitch has made some efforts, and if that's true, then Cal needs to at some point swallow his pride and sit down with him and come to the table. Um, you know, because I, I I do know one the way to get what you want is not to <laughs> not to uh, give the cold shoulder to the guy that you're trying to get to sign off on it. Yeah, a lot of good detail here from Kyle Tucker, and as always, we're appreciative of your time. And that was going to be my next question: is how you think all of this unfolds. I agree with you that I didn't know if Texas he'd be the number one option. I do think even with the recent struggles to be able to hire a Hall of Fame head coach with a national championship, that's just something that you don't get to do often. Uh, but Rick Pitino's out there as well, and uh, not that he's he's won a little bit more, I guess, than Cal is late, but at a smaller school. Uh, but I, I was just, that was my question. It seems like this is almost unfixable between the two, and it's almost surreal to think that the athletic director at UK and the head basketball coach at UK have such a strained relationship that they don't talk with one another. It almost seems like one of them's got to go, both of them's got to go, something's got to change, but it seems like you're hinting that Cal just needs to probably reach out to Barnhart and try to make things right. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. I, the, the, the really simple answer, I think Cal would say this as well, is like win games, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like winning, winning sort of, uh, I think, is a, is a great bandage on, on wounds. Um, and I think people, uh, you know, I think a lot of people too just want to see uh, Cal with some willingness to um, – you know, say, hey, okay, this didn't work, and I need to, I need to make a change, um, a, a significant change of some kind, whether it be to approach. You know, I think when, when the game is played the way it's played now and, you know, fast and spread out and, you know, a lot, a lot of people uh, living on the three, I mean, there's more than one way to play basketball, but um, – when that's sort of the standard now and Cal comes out and says, well, what we really got to do is slow it down and grind. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. that grates on people. When, when you are losing at home to a team that you absolutely have no business losing to. I mean, the South Carolina loss has sort of brought all this to a head because it's a, it, is, it is an unforgivably bad home loss. And when you're losing that game, uh, and people are, are shell shocked, and there's five minutes to go, and you're being outscored 33 to three from the three point line, and you've only taken four threes in 35 minutes of basketball in the year 2023 on a night when Ooh. you're having to play CJ Frederick and Antonio Reeves together. How could those guys be on the floor all night and you've taken four threes? <laughs> I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, something, something is, is not right there. I mean, <laughs> You've got you've got to have a plan to get those guys shots, and you know people. I've heard people say, "Well, they just missed shots." That's not Cal's fault. I mean, it's at a certain point, it kind of is uh, because what what's being done to to improve their confidence? What's being done to get them the kind of shots that they like? I mean, those guys made shots. These aren't guys where you go, "Well, they made a lot of shots at EYBL." No, Antonio Reeves had a three-year college career. He's the second leading scorer in a really good Missouri Valley Conference. He shot. 40% from three last season. You know, he can make shots. C.J. Frederick didn't come from, you know, podunk you. He shot 47% for two years in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the basketball. Like, figure it out. If you can't figure out how to get those guys going, you know, if you can't, if you if you can have a backcourt that has the pieces that are, you know, Reeves and Frederick and 
Case and Wallace, and you're just completely hopeless to score. <laughs> I don't know. I, I that to me is is game planning and and yeah. you know approach. Yeah. Well, that that's the 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 next step though, just in the immediate future, because there. What a lot you wrote about yesterday was big picture, long term stuff. Yep. But just in the next two and a half months, where it feels like we're going to be enduring a slog of a season, like what what is the the best case scenario for this team right now, or, or how do we think this just uh, devolves moving forward? Um, because I don't think any of us are predicting a Kentucky basketball win over Tennessee tomorrow. Yeah, you said step one is is. Scoop your brains back into your helmet after you leave Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you know, I, I mean, I, I they are going to a place that they've not played well, right? Uh, just historically, have had some got taken some beatdowns. Uh, they are playing against the team that one week ago beat South Carolina by forty-three in Columbia, and Kentucky lost at home to them the next two nights, three nights later. Um, I it is it would be unfathomably surprising to me. It would be a huge. I mean, it's crazy to say this, but like it would be a massive upset for Kentucky to go win at Tennessee tomorrow. Um, but it would also change a lot for the trajectory of the season. If they could, if somehow they did find it in themselves to go beat that Tennessee team. Uh, you know, I think a legitimate top five team and a legitimate number one ranked defense uh, held South Carolina to 42 points and they scored 42 and a half against Kentucky. Um, if UK could could go win that game, then it it changes how we think about them because because a lot of things have happened this season. But the the first thing that happened was they couldn't beat anybody good and have not beaten anybody good. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 0 and 5 against quad one teams. And then also not very competitive. You know, mm-hmm. the top four of those teams, they've lost by an average of 16.5 points. They, their last five losses, they've trailed for 193 out of 200 minutes. They've not been competitive. And then the second piece was then they went and lost. They didn't have a bad loss, and then they took a bad loss. They went, they went and lost at home to South Carolina. And so there is no evidence right now they can beat anybody good. If for some reason they come out of nowhere and do that on Saturday, then I think – all bets are off. Maybe they, maybe they can have the magic of some past season. But, and it, you, you have to at least give Cal that much, you know, little glimmer of, of hope for him is that he's had some teams that looked absolutely dead in the water uh, that turned it around in the end, you know, 2014 most famously. You know, and I would say North Carolina a year ago was not just losing. They were getting crushed by everybody, including mm-hmm. Kentucky, uh, into February. And then – should have won the national title. I mean, they had a big yeah. lead in the national championship game. So it's not impossible, but right now it's inconceivable <laughs> to me that that some grand turnaround is coming, certainly this weekend and maybe not at all. It starts with me. Stop playing those stupid lineups to start the games where you're down 13-2 to to South Carolina where you got Livingston, Ware, Collins, along with Oscar, and put your shooters out there. But you kind of detailed that. Uh, Kyle, we, we've... I told you that we were only going to have you 10 or 15 minutes, and here we are running on 20 because you're so interesting to talk to. And this is going to be my last question for you, and we'll let you go. And you can detail this as much as you want or peel back the curtain as much as you want. But it does it does feel a little bit like the walls are closing in on John Calipari. Nobody has more inside info in the basketball program than you do. 
what's your relationship with like him lately with with everything not going the right direction with him and some people thought yesterday your article was uh cal wanted this out there to get some heat off of him and kyle was no, out to oblige you know you, you like you talked yeah. about the assistant stuff so that'd be a bold move well, by calipari yeah. to do that <laughs> yeah no i i don't think cal is like loves me right now <laughs> i don't think he, i don't think he loves anybody that's uh, sitting out in the gallery uh asking questions um yeah i mean i the, the idea that like Cal's like whispering things in my ear. I don't talk to Cal. <laughs> he doesn't talk to anybody. Yeah. He does not. Talk, he does not talk to anybody uh, in the media. Not, at least not. He's. I'm not on his call list. Uh, you know. So no, we don't. Uh, you know, we have a, a fine professional relationship, and he's good whenever I get to talk to him. But uh, that's pretty few and far between. And right now, I think. I think for him, he he's in in the mode. I from what I gather, he's kind of in the mode of circle the wagons, shut out the noise, just try to focus and, and win. Because I think he does know that the only way to <laughs> the only way to shut all this up is to win again. Um, I do think that he. It's inter- It's been interesting just to watch. It feel it. It does feel like he he is kind of almost throwing been throwing his hands up lately. Like what. Like, what do I do? I mean, he feels, I think he feels a little lost. And that, I mean, I think that's alarming, too, if you're, if you're you know, looking to him to fix it, is does he have a clear vision for how to fix it? You know, and I've, I've tried, <laughs> I've tried after games to say, you know, after the Alabama game, I said, you know, what do you and your staff need to do better to help this team? Not, you know, because, you know, it's, they didn't do this or they didn't do that. But, okay, but what about you and your assistants? And, and He's kind of talked in circles around that and not really given a good answer. And You know, I've, I've asked him at least twice, maybe three times after games, you know, he's talking about the mistakes they make and the, you know, they're not, they're not clicking. They're not on the same page. They don't. And I'm, and I keep saying like, how could it be that, how could that be? This is not one of your freshman teams. This is a team that has five seniors in the top six or seven players. Um, how could that be that you're this way? And, and he, he doesn't have a good answer for that. And so, you know, I think right now the, the state of John Calipari is reeling a little bit. Um, and I do think he's trying to block it out and just coach his team. But um, I do think he needs help. I, I mean, I do think he needs help right immediately in the immediate you know, future. He needs help from his staff. You know, I think he's, they've got to come in better prepared. They've got to have a clear – what jumped out at me playing – you know, even South Carolina, but especially uh, Missouri, is you've got a brand new coach who took over a bad roster, bad team. You know, twelve and twenty last year, and they immediately had an identity. They knew what they wanted to do and how they wanted to attack Kentucky, how they want to play. And it doesn't always win that style, but it, but it, you know, when you know who you are, you got a fighting chance. And I, the fact that Kentucky still doesn't really know who they are. And Cal doesn't really seem to know what are the best lineups to play that are most efficient. I mean, there are a lot of places you find that data. By the way, you know, it's yeah. not it's not hard to see what lineups actually work, um, or you could use eyeballs. But um, I think the, the the fact that they're not there yet uh, has been a real hindrance. They just don't have a real clear vision forward, and that's what I guess I'll be looking at. This, you know, this back half of the season, like this Cal figure out what is, what is this team? What do I want them to be? What are we going to hang our hat on? Is there anything they can be collectively good at? I mean, I guess we'll find out. 
Kyle, we could talk to you for a lot longer. You have so much uh, great insight on all this stuff. I don't know if you necessarily made UK fans feel warm and fuzzy after this, but there shouldn't be. UK is about to go 10-7 and with another loss to Tennessee, and the tournament may not be in the cards for the Cats. But we really do appreciate your time, and as always, we appreciate what you write over on theathletic.com and hope everybody subscribes so they can stay in touch with you and comment on your stories and have some back and forth with you because we do miss you on social media. But thank you so much Kyle thanks brother Kyle Tucker the athletic wow <laughs> I mean <clears throat> he he just I mean that was a John Calipari crushing that's what it was and I think Kyle along with all of us are just like yeah he's got to figure it yeah. out we don't know how yeah because what's it's not it, it's not what's it going to do yeah and 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 that's not like I think that took a little heat off Barnhart too. I mean, he you know he said Barnhart's reached out and Cal has not been reciprocating in that, and that's not a good look for Cal. I don't think it's ulterior. I still, I still want Barnhart gone for plenty of other reasons, but right. And, and there weren't motivations behind. Like he was just like I, I I don't know what he does with all this because he's created a mess. That's that's not good. And the thing is, forty million dollars. Forty. I mean, even if even if like people are like, "Wow, this just showcases Cal is over his head, or he's lost his fastball, and things aren't good." You're not getting rid of him because it's forty million dollars, no. and and that's one thing we didn't get to in Cal's article is uh, Cal pulled out some of the quotes that Calipari had said from the summer, where he basically said. Here, here's. I'll just read it verbatim here. Now, I want to know what normal human being would give up $9 million job for a $1 million job. Who would do that? I'm not doing it, okay? If something happens to my health, then I don't feel like I'm up to it. This is an insurance thing for me. The ambassador role is what he's alluding to there. That's all it was. Now, if they want me to stop, they want, they want me to stop and pay me $9 million for the next five years, I'd consider it. But I would say, what am I going to do? i got to do something. Basically, Cal saying, I'm getting my money. I'm mm-hmm. not going to just step aside and pass up my money because yep. he's right. What what human would do that? So, UK and Cal Perry are intertwined. Cal's going to be UK's coach next year. But I think this interview with Kyle showed that it's there's a lot to figure out. There's a lot to figure out. And I don't feel confident at all that it happens this season. And you just have to cross your fingers, hope the right pieces and the right moves are made where next season can bring some joy back into the UK basketball program. But sheesh, I caramba. That was quite the interview. Yeah, yeah. Certainly was. And do um, appreciate Kyle giving us this time. Yeah. And he's getting ready to go do a serious interview. So we're just easy peasy. Like we're the we're the main show. He's doing a serious interview? Very serious. What Get do you it? mean? Like, like serious, like the Saturday. Oh, yeah. gotcha. I saw I saw like somebody from uh <laughs> Peter Burns or some, one of those people is promoting him coming on the show at nine. Uh, how about that? Yeah. That's, well, we appreciate Kyle's time. Uh, all right, let's try to keep doing some text, but I'm going to have to probably go to Twitter space and finish the text line for today. We could record after if you wanted. Record after and put it on podcast? Yeah, I'll be oh. here. Then I'll do that. Let's do that then. I do think Twitter space is good. I think we probably grow the audience a little bit, but yeah, we'll, we'll do a kickback on the podcast listeners. That sounds good. If you're going to be here, I can stay a little bit longer. No issue. Roush, if you you got more important things, I get it. You got to go break more kids' announcements before they announce. <laughs> I prefer when Hoops Insights would provide insights and not act like he's smarter than us because we like Cal. I mean, he's probably providing some insights. I don't know. <laughs> I like that guy though, Sean Rinsell. He's a good guy. Um, another person sends a screen cap from seventy five to rough. Says our current athletic director, and it basically just was all the, the stuff that we brought up today. Yeah, and it's just odd to make those decisions. Doesn't 
Logic not adding up. Yeah, I do. I do think that that interview with Kyle was probably a little bit better for Barnhart, but still, I mean, there's just too much that that is ready for some change. He's been an athletic director for over 20 years now. I mean, that's a long time to have one vision too, for an athletic program. Leadership needs to change. It's not, too long. Not too far from years. having a quarter of a century the same guy leading uh, a program. How much different was the world in 2009 and 2010 than it is now? Just college athletics is dramatically different. But you know what? I hear there's an opening. Uh, for Big Ten commissioner, you know what, Mitch? Big Ooh, Ten needs you. Yeah, and Big Ten, they're like much more do things the right way sort of Academics. Cult. Academics. Like, yeah, yep. we believe in sure. doing Yeah. Oh, perfect job for it. Uh, but, people, but a lot of our schools sell beer. Wisconsin doesn't. Mm. Just kidding. It actually does. Like, Just kidding. That could be a job. He could try to get Yeah, go take it. Seriously. Go do it. It'd be great. We'd love it. Uh it's not going to happen. Also, so Mitch decided upon building a new practice facility in February 2022, but nothing's happened since then. Yeah, he seriously needs to quit his job. That's one thing. Even like the the people that are football fans only that are like, well, football needs it first. Yeah, we all agree. We're all we're all cool with that, but it still hasn't happened. Yeah, I don't. They haven't broken ground on it. Well, these things take time. What? I mean, then how much time do you need? I'm, Stoops is not happy about it. A texter wants Scoots to explain the White Castle situation. We did that in hour so, number one. Somebody also said, you're going. Uh, Kirby said, White Castle actually has an amazing breakfast. Don't sleep on it, too. Why the hell are you getting dinner at 10 a.m.? That's I've explained that. It's just better than the breakfast. I'm a I fan like it more. of – I'll sometimes get a burger at brunch, get a burger at breakfast. I'm, I'm with you, Scoots. The burger master. But I do think, like, White Castle, you're going to have to also be gassy to Bolivia. Now, if White Castle had some bomb-ass biscuits and gravy, Whoa. I'd probably get breakfast. Whoa. A texter says, I'm curious to know your all's ratings for today's show because the Twitter list Kyle Tucker giving inside scoop on the basketball program. Tons of people will be tuning in. Roll freaking call. Good thing yeah. we were talking about our wives taking Buddha off photos. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. We will record the rest of the Thornton's text line. You can keep sending them in. Uh, we'll get to all of them on, I guess, the podcast feed. I guess we could theoretically do Bofa. We'll figure it out. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Again, thanks for Kyle Tucker for his time. Thanks for all the texts in the show. Thanks for everybody listening. We'll be back on Monday. We'll also do our predictions on the podcast as well for UK Tennessee, but probably ain't going to be pretty predictions. Everybody have a great Friday. Great weekend. Be safe.